Welcome to Millennial 607. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. On today's show, we'll be discussing a lot of stuff. We'll be discussing TikTok. We're going to be talking about that whole five movies to get to know me meme. We're going to we're gonna play that ourselves. And later, we're going to be joined by one of our bays, Anne, who trains service animals. And she's going to call me out for my shit. I hope. Stay tuned for some fireworks at the end of today's episode. <laughs> Agreed. Isn't that right, service dog Brooklyn here in my hotel room? <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you got him into all the hotels you wanted to stay at this trip? Yes, yes, yes. But I will share <laughs> at the end of the episode why I don't feel guilty about doing that. I am in Moab, Utah. This is the final week I'll be traveling and podcasting. I've been through Southern Utah before, and it's beautiful. One of the most beautiful areas in this country, I think. And I decided to come through here because it's right next to Arches National Park. Have you guys heard of it? I've heard of it. I've always wanted to go. Okay. Yeah. You see it on Instagram all the time. It's these beautiful (laughs) natural arches. It's, It's unreal. So I actually went earlier today and um, it was it lived up to expectations. It's just surreal. You wonder how do these how do these arches form? Like they're so big. Thank God I have this new iPhone because they cannot fit in the frame without that wide angle lens. So I'm so glad that I have that. Um, but then I also went to Dead Horse Point State Park. It's not a park you would want to go to and then buy a shirt from because I don't want a shirt that says Dead Horse on it. Yeah. I was out on one of these peaks. And you know, these canyons, like the Grand Canyon is this way too. You can walk to the edge of the cliff and you could easily fall in. Like it's a little scary. And people fall over. I think statistically people die every year. A handful of people die every year because they just accidentally fall in. So anyway, I'm on one of these peaks with Brooklyn And there's a group of people like 100 feet away and most of the group leaves, but there's one woman left. And I'm like, hmm, I guess she's out here by by herself, just like I am. So she's like, oh, you got to come over here. The view from over here is amazing. (laughs) Keep in mind, it's just me and her. (laughs) Dead silence, you know. One of us could easily push the other over the edge of the cliff. So I walked over to her with a little bit of hesitation. But then I don't know how we got on this subject, but she had mentioned that she had had a midlife crisis. She lived in Colorado. So she just came down from Colorado to escape for the weekend. I was like, you know what? That is so cool. Good for you. And I, I blurted out. I should not have done this. I was like, oh, you're having your own Cheryl Strayed moment from Wild. <laughs> I thought you were going to say... This is my wild, too. (laughs) Listen to my podcast. I was hoping to have my own wild out here at Dead Horse. Um, But I felt bad for her because, you know, I didn't ask her what she went through. But she was almost teary-eyed when she told me. So I didn't want to, like, push it anymore. So then you just pushed her. (laughs) (laughs) And then we took pictures for each other. And then I went on my way. And then she stood out there by herself. And honestly, I was, like, worried about her. I was like, is she going to jump off this fucking cliff? Out there by yourself during a midlife crisis. That freaks me out. Yeah. That's that's when you go to like a park ranger or something and just report for a wellness check. Like, hey, there's a there's a lady standing over there on the edge and she's going through some shit. I don't yeah. know what, but I have to say, if you've never been to a national park, you really need to go to one. It is so peaceful. It's so relaxing. It's such a great way to clear your head. I've been to a few now and I I'm gonna start making it a goal to try to go to one at least once a year because they are some of my favorite times in this country. And another recommendation, I know a lot of people, they like to travel abroad. And that's great, of course. But if you live in America, there are so many unique things you can see here in this country. And I really encourage people to explore America 
And I hate being like, America, fuck yeah, country pride and all that, especially during the Trump administration. But really, there are some beautiful parts of this country, so many unique places that you can go. Um, and one of them is Arches National Park. So please try to explore this country, Utah, California, Nevada. Not to mention during the Trump administration, it's now it's more important now than ever that we are supporting our national parks. Yes. Um, because they've had their funding cut to shit by the current <sighs> government. So... It, I'm glad you say that because I was thinking about that walking around these trails earlier today. They are so well maintained. These parks are so beautiful. The people who work there are so nice, and that they're losing funding is just so heartbreaking. Because yeah. I, I I can't imagine what could happen in a in a few decades without the maintenance that these parks need. So I mean, look at what happened when the what was it? The government was shut down, and and so were the national parks, and people were trashing you know joshua tree and stuff like that yeah it was just it was terrible i mean i grew up um really like mere woods was in my backyard and i can't imagine yeah you know seeing that place look the way some of these places looked yeah mm-hmm. when that was going down i go to a national park every summer um when i go to the beach i go to fort pickens national park in pensacola florida and, you know, it's it, it just goes to show, like, the breadth of different types of national parks yes. that are available yeah, exactly. to you. I mean, even if, you, even if you're just going on a beach trip, it's possible to do that while also supporting your national parks. And the prices aren't too bad either. To enter Arches, it was $30, but it's good for a week. And Grand Canyon, same thing. It's it's like $30, maybe a little bit more, but it, it covers you for a week. And that's very well worth it. You know, when a Disneyland ticket is what, like $150 mm-hmm. for a day. So, and then you can get these annual passes, maybe 100 maybe 150 and they cover the entire country or entire states. Really good value. And it's good to know this money is going back to the park. It's not like Trump is taking it and using it to build the wall. So not yet anyway. Well, looking across the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> Was this um, a transition? Had, oh yeah, okay. I was going to transition to well, Nevada, I, but but next in our Nevada, list is excuse me. Next in our list is the tweet. I wanted to bring up the tweet because oh, somebody excuse me yes, bring up yeah. the tweet. The tweet so is last, very important. Last it is important because I think somebody was listening to our podcast and got an idea. So last week we were talking about um, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I was an Uber driver and I started playing my own podcast in the car as a way to promote the podcast? Well, on February twenty second, this person named julie tweets in an uber and the driver put on a podcast it didn't take me long to figure out that it was his own podcast that tweet has fourteen thousand likes <laughs> people really enjoyed that <laughs> we should have released our gag as a tweet and maybe it would have gone viral as well but i'm thinking that person got an idea that uber driver got an idea yeah hey uber driver reach out to us and let us know do you listen to our show <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so what did you want to talk about politically? And how do you pronounce the state? I am saying it wrong, so, aren't I? Yeah, and I just said it wrong, too. And I know we have uh, several listeners who will uh, yell at us, justifiably so. It's Nevada, not Nevada. 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 Nevada yeah. is more romantic, I think though. that's Nevada, like maybe Nevada. how you guys pronounce it going towards the east coast oh yes. maybe yeah i so need to I would learn never it. say anything but i'm sure people that are actually from nevada might yeah i think we're more lax with our vowel sounds out here <laughs> um so anyway we had the nevada caucuses over the weekend and i know andrew you were watching pretty closely at one point you said you were feeling the burn i watched his victory speech yeah 
and mm-hmm. uh, and the crowd was going wild. He had been he had been in Texas at that point because he already knew he was going to win Nevada. Nevada. Now I'm paranoid. Nevada. Nevada. Just Nevada. say it like a cowboy. Nevada. <laughs> <laughs> I love Nevada. Um, but yeah, so I was watching his victory speech and it was really good. And I don't know, it really resonated with me and clearly the people there. And they are fired up about Bernie. So I was, I don't know. I, yeah, I was feeling the burn. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, understandably so. He won Nevada by a very large margin. Joe Biden was in second place, but it was a very distant second um, and there's really not a whole lot more that's worth reporting out of Nevada, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think that this was a big deal for Bernie and his supporters because, you know, we still have the shadow of everything that happened in Iowa hanging over the Democratic primary process. And now that he walked away from Nevada with such a clear, decisive win, I think that this has provided him with a lot of really positive momentum going into Super Tuesday next week. Yeah. I can't believe it's only a week away. Yep. That's crazy. I can't believe we're only three fucking states into this process. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody's like, January is the longest four years of my life. But I feel like this election is the longest four years of my life. No, I I said this on Twitter. I was like, I feel like Rose from the Titanic. Like, it's been 84 years. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we will also be doing a breaking news installment for Super Tuesday, which actually falls in March. But because February is a short month, we're going to do the Super Tuesday coverage for February's breaking news installment over on patreon.com slash millennial. And there will be an additional breaking news for the month of March. So you'll see two of those installments at that time. Somebody break some news so we can uh, have another breaking news. But actually, uh, speaking of... Trump will break something. <laughs> well, <laughs> there was big news last week, this debate in Nevada and mm-hmm. oh my god we missed part of it because we were having a millennial meeting and we were also doing the bay yep. hangout that night i believe um but wow so this was the first debate that michael bloomberg was a part of and he's problematic for a lot of reasons i'm gonna play a clip from this uh because elizabeth warren absolutely came for bloomberg and it was epic i'd like to talk about who we're running against a billionaire who calls women fat broads and horse-faced lesbians. And no, I'm not talking about Donald Trump. I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. Democrats are not going to win if we have a nominee who has a history of hiding his tax returns, of harassing women, and of supporting racist policies like redlining and stop and frisk. Look, I'll support whoever the Democratic nominee is, but understand this. Democrats take a huge risk if we just substitute one arrogant billionaire for another. This oh. country has worked so people for the got rich really excited for- about that. And Joe Biden came for Bloomberg as well. Um, I loved this mainly because to see somebody so rich and so powerful who spent hundreds of millions of dollars on advertising already get completely knocked to the ground by someone to his face just the next lectern over when no one has ever attacked him in his life. He's never been told no because he's always been the boss. And also, Elizabeth Warren has promised to come for billionaires. And she is she came for a billionaire. And she did get results because now Bloomberg is releasing three women from their NDAs if they so choose to be released. Yes. Yeah, that was amazing, too. I don't think that 
that that clip didn't cover that, but she really dug her heels into that, and mm-hmm. I think that that was so great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, she came for everybody, but she did. Um, I do really appreciate. I mean, of course, she she was clearly positioning that as her audition for what it would look like for her to debate somebody like Trump. Um, but I think you know, even if she's not the nominee, it, it's looking like that's pretty that that would be a long shot at this point. Of course. Super Tuesday, I think, will be what really tells us where we're going. Mm-hmm. Um, but if nothing else, she did her role by destabilizing a presence that we really don't need in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And if she wants to make that the rest of the campaign season, I'm all about it. Speaking of corrupt rich people, Harvey Weinstein was actually convicted of rape and sexual abuse on the day that we're recording this episode. However, he was acquitted of two counts of predatory sexual assault, which is disappointing. Um, that said, still still glad to see that he was convicted on those couple of other counts because you are looking at some prison time for that. Um, if he had been convicted of all counts he probably would have gone to prison for life but that probably won't happen now all right well it's good to see some justice at least because it doesn't happen too often so yeah on a brighter note i think i mentioned this a couple minutes ago we did have a bay hangout last week thank you to poe sarah jared christina sarah sean jy zach diane and ashley for all coming on it was a fun time Um, This week, we are going to be hosting a new installment of the Millennial Variety Show. We are going to be playing Heads Up, which Laura has actually never played before. Pam and I are big fans of Heads Up, and we thought this would be a great game to play over video. So we're going to play it later this week, and that will be available to Bay patrons. I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Yep. I downloaded it, uh, paid my 99 cents to Ellen. So I'm <laughs> Ellen, ready. thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> Solidified her empire. <laughs> yeah. Like we said, that'll be available at Patreon. We are very proud to be a listener-supported show. It gives us the backing we need to create everything you hear on the show, plus all the exclusive bonus content we have over on our Patreon. So if you support us at the $5 level, you will gain access to our flagship benefit after dark, the variety show, our exclusive Discord channel, to chat with the hosts and each other during live broadcasts and more. And also by supporting us, you're helping us attend industry events like Podcast Movement, where we can learn more about the industry. I was just at the Los Angeles one a few days ago, um, and it was a really good time, and I learned a lot. So so thank you to our patrons for helping get me there, and hopefully Pam and Laura can participate in conferences like that too um, in the years ahead, because they are super insightful. And speaking of Patreon, we just wanted to give a shout out to our latest patrons. Uh, they are Selby, Katrin, Karen, Genevieve, Rachel, Alex, Victor, Ben, Natasha, Amanda, and Andrea. Thank you so much for joining us and for your support. We're thrilled to have you. Now you can see us on cam. I really think that's what's been driving people recently. <laughs> and then they sign up and they're like, oh, this is why you they're never... Like, oh, Ugh. and then they leave right away. <laughs> why does Andrew have a framed photo of a rusty Jeep behind him? What a weirdo. <laughs> this is why they. This is why the joke... I mean, it's real. It's like... Never look up a picture of your favorite podcaster. <laughs> oh, my God. That used to be me with radio show hosts because I listened to the same morning show program from like 12 years old through mm-hmm. my early 20s. And then one day I was driving and I saw a picture of them on a billboard and I felt like I was scarred for life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because when you're listening, you just like build these visuals in your head. 
Um, yeah, I... like you forget these are like middle-aged people because they're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be us one day. People are going to be seeing us. I'm like, wow, I forgot they're middle-aged. They're just so cool on air until I look at them. <laughs> we're not middle-aged though yet. We're still far away from that. I'm not a woman standing out on the edge of a cliff at Dead Horse. <laughs> One day. Give it time, Andrew. Give it time. <laughs> right. What's going to be my midlife crisis? I think about that from time to time. Anyway. anyway. I already had a quarter life crisis, so I'm what sure I'll it? have Same. a midlife crisis as well. Oh, it was um, after I finished grad school. I was in my mid-20s. And I was just like, I took out all of this debt to get this degree that I'm not sure is going to do anything for me. And I have this anxiety disorder that I haven't gotten under control and I'm unemployed and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That was my quarter life crisis. I see. I see. Some of those things are taken care of. Well, that's good. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Well, with all the shit going on in the world, it's good to take stock of the ways we can all have small positive impacts, which is where our first sponsor this week comes in. They're Rothy's and they make stylish shoes out of recycled plastic water bottles. Not only are these shoes very fashion forward and machine washable, Rothy's has been able to divert 25 million water bottles from landing in landfills. That's a lot of plastic that isn't going into our oceans, y'all. I've had my Rothy's for almost two years at this point, and they're still going strong. They're soft and keep up with you without blisters and can go with any outfit. I've worn mine with jeans, yoga pants, skirts, and formal dresses and have always gotten compliments on how cute they are. I will admit, looking at some of their new releases, I'm feeling the itch to invest in another pair. They offer six different silhouettes plus kid styles, all featuring playful designs that add fun pops of color to perk up every outfit while still looking polished and professional. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. Go to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash M-I-L-L to get your new favorite flats. With comfort, style, and sustainability, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com slash M-I-L-L today. We got some listener feedback. This is from Kelly. She wrote this in the Facebook group. I'm listening to this week's episode and a note on Birds of Prey. I think there are a lot of contributing factors to the fact that this movie is underperforming. One overlooked one is the impact of the coronavirus. Chinese audiences account for about 20% of the box office for these types of movies. Many public spaces, including movie theaters, are still closed to the outbreak. Due to the outbreak, she also linked us to an article from Business Insider that talks about the closure of movie theaters in lieu of the virus. And Pam, you have been looking into how the coronavirus is affecting Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, um, you know, kind of every day we see how the movie industry is affected by this over there, um, in, especially in terms of box office numbers. Uh, really recently, actually today, they announced as well that the Sonic the Hedgehog premiere had been pushed back as well because these theaters are closed. So it's like, why are they going to open a a movie that nobody's going to be able to go see? Uh, But in much bigger news, just last week, the upcoming Bond film, No Time to Die, announced that they had, they had canceled their Beijing premiere, and they'd also ca- canceled the promotional press tour that was set to take place in April. The movie opens next month, so it would make sense that they would go over to do that, as they have with previous installments of the franchise. And the reason that they did this is, you know, a direct result of the coronavirus. Uh, they were told 
supposedly by uh, you know Chinese authorities that it was not safe for them to go over there. So they've opted to pull the plug on those two things. And just to give you guys a little bit of perspective as to how um, much you know Chinese cinema goers contribute to these big box office numbers that you see coming out for you know these huge movies. Uh, for the last Bond film specifically, which was called Spectre, it grossed over eight hundred and eighty-one million dollars worldwide, and eighty-four million of that came from China. So it's not just Birds of Prey or Bond that's going to take, you know, a hit in all these projected numbers that studios look at a lot of times to greenlight sequels for, you know, newer movies. Uh, but it, it, you're going to start seeing dips a- across the board until they lift the quarantine and, you know, reopen stuff like movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah. And the impacts are definitely really far reaching. Um there was actually there have been several stories, but the one that we're going to touch on is out of Los Angeles. Um, here in the U.S., Asian American communities are facing discrimination based on the coronavirus. In the case of this particular story out of L.A., there were flyers posted around a particular community in Los Angeles that is um, highly populated by various Asian backgrounds. Um, telling people to avoid Asian-owned businesses because of the coronavirus. And it had like a fake copy of the World Health Organization seal on it to make it look like an official warning. Hmm. And nobody's really quite sure where these came from. But this is just another instance of, you know, ethnic-based fear-mongering, even though, you know, that's not how viruses (laughs) spread. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, it's just very, very disheartening because we also remember similar types of discrimination happening a few years ago during the major Ebola outbreak. Um, So this is definitely nothing new, just unfortunate that we're watching this cycle repeat itself. Has it seemed like the outbreak slowed down? Um, I mean, now we're looking at 77,000 people infected globally and 2,600 dead globally. So Mm -hmm. it's not it doesn't seem to be moving as quickly as something like influenza, for example. I know Mm -hmm. we've brought up on the show before that, you know, while we don't need to poo poo anybody's fears or anxieties about the coronavirus, it's absolutely not as deadly as you know sort of like the yearly flu season that as i mentioned in last week's episode has thus far killed 10,000 people in the u.s alone um so i think it's but just, it is scaring people because yes you know, it like, is scaring people you look at the world markets today um and mm-hmm. they've just been doing awful and investors are scared that the coronavirus is going to keep continue spreading and affect various industries i mean you know pam mentioned hollywood but then also there's the productions you know these companies that are in china producing products apple for example they they've already Mm -hmm. released new guidance telling their investors we're going to be having taking a hit in q1 that we didn't expect because of coronavirus because their production output has been lower because china i mean i've don't quote me on this but it's been like a ghost town over there especially in the epicenter i believe because everybody is trying to stop this from spreading And I mean, it's I definitely understand it. There's been some anxiety about coronavirus being our next big global pandemic. Um, You know, I'm not sure how warranted those concerns are as of yet. I am not a medical professional. I don't have any background in this. But um, I've also read 
speculation that coronavirus could just become a seasonal happening, a seasonal occurrence, just like the flu. Oh, um, and that that's concerning. If it becomes something that's recurring, that's also not great. So, um, you know, this is still something that that seems to be an illness that is most dangerous for the immunocompromised meaning that it's all the more important to make sure that if you are sick this season that you do quarantine yourself at home until you're well um, and just make sure that you're, you know, taking appropriate precautions to avoid spreading illnesses like you would anyway. If this becomes a pandemic or a yearly illness, is Corona beer going to have to change their name? Because (laughs) who wants to be associated with a virus? There's no flu beer for a reason. (laughs) <laughs> well corona does mean crown so so the crown virus it's the king of viruses <laughs> <laughs> don't tell people that That'll just is that how more. donald trump's going to endorse this is a good idea i like the corona well, virus you know, i love kings it's the it's the king of all viruses just like i am the king of america <laughs> well trump is abroad in india right now and i believe they've had a couple of cases in India as well. So to me, that says that when President Trump returns to the United States, he should be quarantined for at least 14 days. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Honestly, like as, as amazing as that would be, I just feel like that would give him more time to tweet. So maybe it's better we don't. Yeah, they need to take his phone away. <laughs> right. Is there possibly more time for him to tweet? He's tweeting all the time. There, There's no window anymore where he's not tweeting. Never say never, Andrew. (laughs) To lighten the mood for just a second, um, you mentioned Bond and the next Bond movie. This new song by Billie Eilish came out, No Time to Die. She's the Bond girl this year. I don't like the song. I don't think it's good. Skyfall was amazing. Best Bond song ever. Did you like No Time to Die, the song? I think that it was definitely like a very true to form Bond song. It was like a little bit sultry, but a little bit dark because Billy's music is a little bit dark. And I think that it's just fine. I am not sure where I would rank it amongst like my top favorite Bond songs of all time. But I didn't I don't think I I didn't hate it as much as some people like some people just really don't like it. And I'm not sure if it's because they really wanted Lana Del Rey to do the Bond song this year Mm -hmm. or if they just, you know, didn't care for it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought it was really good. All right. Well, Well, I'm excited for in relation to. Yeah, I would say in relation to coronavirus, I would like to point out um, you know, millennials official endorsed presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren does have a plan for combating global pandemics. I have a plan um, for that. I've got she a plan. Does. Elizabeth Warren do. has a plan for that. Yes, I do. Um, and a lot of it <laughs> a lot of it does have to do with making sure that the appropriate agencies receive the funding that they need, but also acknowledging the role that climate change plays in the development of new illnesses. Um, we do mm. see this all the time, not just in illnesses that are contractable by humans, but in terms of uh, bacterium that can develop in our crops and can threaten those things, which also just sort of fuel the fire um, behind like food shortages in relation to climate change. So definitely worth checking that out. Is Russia helping Elizabeth win the nomination or what's going no, on there? No, I don't. <laughs> so This is some other fun news to come out of Washington. Um, An intelligence report came out 
earlier or later last week detailing how Russia was meddling in the 2020 election. Surprise, surprise. Um, And that there that they had expressed a preference to help President Trump win re-election. After that, we also heard reports that Bernie Sanders had been briefed on Intel saying that he was also the recipient of some kind of Russia assistance for the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Um, afterwards, that was kind of rolled back by our intelligence communities, saying, especially as it relates to Trump. They were saying that, yes, Russia is meddling. They are interfering. But they had like they're a step short of saying that they're actually trying to help Trump specifically. Um, I don't know why that's supposed to make anybody feel better. Like, (laughs) oh yeah, they're meddling, but they're not specifically trying to help Trump. Yeah. 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 Give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, But something, and, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I've, I've been ruminating on this for a few days. I would not put it past the Kremlin and those who are participating in helping Vladimir Putin um, to actually be playing both sides of the coin here to have picked our two candidates who are on the furthest end of the spectrum from each other. Um, You know, Bernie Sanders is not Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not Bernie Sanders, but they are they are polar opposites and they have that level of of sort of um divisiveness in common. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Bernie Sanders in and of himself is divisive, but a lot of Americans are still unsure of how they would approach somebody who identifies themselves as a democratic socialist. Mm-hmm. And I could very much see the Russians taking these two candidates and pitting them against each other, especially given the fact that they have the most rabid, ardent supporter bases and using it to further destabilize our democracy. Because at the end of the day, that's what Russia wants. Russia has been working to destabilize democracies all over the world for a very long time. So it's just something that I think we should all be aware of, especially as we're seeing more of these like Twitter infights cropping up. Mm -hmm. Those probably aren't real. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Those are probably bots. Those are probably imposters. Do not engage. Mm -hmm. Just fucking leave it alone. And speaking of what's real and what's not, there was an interesting tidbit in this report about Russia's interference. Rather than impersonating Americans as they did in 2016, Russian operatives are working to get Americans to repeat disinformation, the official said. That strategy gets around social media companies' rule that prohibit inauthentic speech. And that's a great idea because Americans are freaking idiots. And they will just share what reinforces their existing beliefs. So they'll probably Mm -hmm. read some fake news headlines from America hyphen is hyphen the hyphen best dot net and be like, wow, yeah, this proves that Trump is the greatest president on the planet. I'm going to go and share this on Facebook or this proves that Bernie is a freaking idiot. I'm going to go share this on Facebook. And then these real people like you and me, though they're stupider, are going to be sharing these stories and Facebook's going to be okay with that because these are real people sharing whatever the hell they want. And Facebook is not going to disallow that. Yeah. And I think just to provide an example of how the other side does this too, I, you know, I, 
I'm very, I'm very much against the logic behind like both sidesism of like both sides are equally bad. They're not equally bad, but we see examples, particularly out of Occupy Democrats, which is a Facebook page, mm-hmm. um, and they they distribute all of their talking points and all of their facts, and I'm doing air quotes here through in the in the format of memes, and that is not news. And I see a lot of my friends in their little liberal echo chamber bubbles just sharing this and getting 50 fucking likes from all their friends who also think Donald Trump is an idiot. So you're not actually having any kind of positive influence. You're not gaining like any net, like you're not netting any new supporters for your movement by doing that because you're just the second somebody who isn't aligned with you sees Occupy Democrats and in a, a meme that's very aggressively anti-conservative, anti-Trump, they're going to write you off. They'll probably take you out of their feed. Um, so it it doesn't do any good to spread information in this way. So we also wanted to talk about a later topic today, TikTok. Here's the thing about TikTok, for me at least. I have refused to get on the TikTok. I've got Twitter, I got Facebook and Instagram. That's enough for me. I didn't really ever get into Vine either. I may have downloaded it, may have tried it. I think I did like a how to make an Andrew grilled cheese once, um, but that was about it. And so I'm just refusing to get into this because I feel like it's for a younger generation. But Laura, you've been on it? Uh, I don't actually post content on it, but I do watch TikToks. Um, they are pretty fucking entertaining. It To me, it it seems more just like Gen Z's version of Vine. It's like a longer Vine. You know, Vine's whole stipulation was you had to create a video clip that was six seconds or less. Um, with TikTok, they're limited to 15 seconds each. But kind of like, um, you know, Instagram stories, you can actually link multiple 15 second videos together up to about 60 seconds, I believe. Um, But some of these are really fun. My understanding and Pam might have like a better knowledge in terms of this. Um, It started as sort of a music video app where people could create their own choreography or their own karaoke videos and things like that. Um, And it was then purchased, this came out of China, and it was then purchased by another Chinese company, which then expanded the definition of what um, could go on TikTok. So now you see everything from comedy, like you know, people pulling pranks on each other to a lot of really stupid challenges, which we'll touch on in a couple of minutes. Um, but overall, it's really fun and mostly positive. I, I oh, really appreciate okay. a lot of the, the positivity. I mean, there are shitheads everywhere, so you're always going to find them. But I've seen a lot of people making their fitness resolutions on TikTok. Like, there was one that really, um, you know, resonated with me because I'm also trying to uh, improve my own physical health. But there was a man who stood shirtless in front of a mirror, for example, um, showing his body and crying and being like, this is the day that I turned my life around. And if you read in the comments, people were so overwhelmingly positive towards him, telling him that this mm-hmm. was the hardest step he was going to have to take and that he was going to be able to do this. So I actually really like most of what I've seen from TikTok. Definitely makes me feel old because... Definitely, most of the people on it are younger than me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, hello, fellow kids. (laughs) 
Hey, Aunt Lauren's I here. I just, I just lurk. That's well, my thing with TikTok. And I just, I want to hear Pam's thoughts on TikTok. But first, I need to say briefly, Vine should have been Gen Z's Vine. But Twitter bought Vine and then shut Vine down for reasons mm. we still do not know. And that's when TikTok, back then being called currently or whatever, was like, hey, we can slip in and be the new Vine. And they took off. And now hopefully they won't yep. get sold or you know decide to shut down for any discern- uh, indiscernible reason. It's just ridiculous that Twitter shut that down. I still do not understand it. That was one of the most popular platforms on the, on the planet. And then they're like, no, we don't want a cultural phenomenon. We'll just shut this down. Goodbye. I also never posted on Vine, but I still love looking up old Vine compilations on YouTube. They're fucking oh, yeah. hilarious. They're mm-hmm. so good. I like you lurk on TikTok. Um, I wish I could be a TikTok queen, though, because, <laughs> you know, then you would be set. I was reading this article, like, on the business side of things, um, you know, about how because it, it's like the largest growing social media platform right now. You know, um, and it's also easier to be uh, to make money off of TikTok. That's why it's more uh, appealing to people trying to make money doing social media stuff versus YouTube, which is a whole big mess um, in terms of the algorithm. Uh, But I do think that, you know, the creativity is off the charts on there. And I think it's really fun. I think, Laura, you're probably watching way more wholesome content than I am. (laughs) I'm literally just watching like stupid shit posts, but it's really, it's a really fun time suck. Like I'll get on there and start watching videos. And then before I know an hour has gone by. So it's a great way to just like, <laughs> I refuse, I cannot yeah. get turn your brain off, honestly. But Laura, you- I just, I, I open it up and I just let it roll. I just roll. <laughs> yeah, me too. It on roll. There. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Give it to me, TikTok. Give me everything you've got. I also think most of it's fake. Like the scenarios that are in there. I'm like, there's no way this is real. Because I've seen the same scenario play out almost identically across various different creators. Like there's this um, meme of girls getting with their best girlfriend being like, hey, let's play two truths, one lie, or let's play would you rather. And then they'll be like, okay. And they'll like hold up their fingers and be like, okay, um, I've been to England. And they'll like start putting their fingers down. And then for the last one, they'll be like, I had sex with my best friend's boyfriend and didn't tell her. And then they like look at their friend and their friend's like, oh, shit. No, no, no. Turn off the phone. Turn off the phone. I'm serious, Karen. And okay, so I'm just, I've seen the same one. I have this queued up. Out. Should we play it? And we can determine if it's real yes. or not. Okay. Yes. All right. We're going to play a game. Okay. You ready? You want to go first? Okay. She's Would in the car rather? with her best friend. Okay, you can go first. Okay. Would you rather show your tits at a party in front of a bunch of guys? I already did that. It's not fair. <laughs> or would you rather fuck my boyfriend and tell me you're at <laughs> Tiffany's house? Turn it off. No. <laughs> Turn it off. No. I'm serious. No. I already know. He told me. So. Told you what? He told me that you guys fucked. I already know. Well, the last thing that he told me was that you were just his fucking side bitch. Are you fucking kidding me? Get the fuck out. No. Get out. Are you serious get right out. now? Are you serious? <laughs> I don't know. That one kind of seems real to me. <laughs> but if you watch, the scenario is almost always the same in these oh, videos. Okay. I think well, I think that it's 
it's viral and it gets people a lot of attention. So I think girls get together with their friends and they decide, oh, we're going to do this just for the like. Or maybe I think it's usually these fake. girls say, wait, this actually has happened to me too. So let me do my own. Mm-hmm. True. Mm-hmm. A lot of people out there. That's true. That's true. This next one, and this speaks to the idiocy on the internet. Can you explain this one? I can't really play it because it, it's visual. Yeah. So this is called the Skull Breaker Challenge. <laughs> and God. this has really taken off on TikTok. It's so dumb. Um, and really, the visual is the best way to understand it. But it's also really hard to watch. The idea yes. is that three people stand next to each other. The two people on the ends jump up in the air at the same time. Once they hit the ground, the person in the middle then jumps up in the air, at which point the people on either side of them trip the person as they come back down and they fall flat on their back and smack their head on the floor. Hard. Yeah, it's bad. And it's not even like there's only been one or two of these. Like I was able to find a whole compilation of them and it's really horrible to watch um i could only watch the first one yeah like i can't imagine you know that that's a major death risk first of all but i know that there have been reports of people going to the hospital with pretty serious skull fractures and things from doing this so and and this video says two people have died they're like i don't know for sure but i've heard two people have died (laughs) so i couldn't find that substantiated anywhere yeah um, but I'm sure people have been injured terribly from why this. Why would you it just do reminds this to people? Of, uh, I don't, why would you volunteer to do it is the thing. Are they volunteering? I didn't realize that. It doesn't look like anybody's got a gun to their head making them do it. No, but they. I thought but they I just mean, said we, to We've the... seen that before. People go have ahead. definitely died trying to go viral even on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. If, well, like think you about said. all the stupid challenges we've seen over the years, and it's not it's not these platforms' fault. I mean, we've seen the same shit on Vine and on YouTube of like, oh, let's eat a Tide Pod, or let's pour lighter fluid on ourselves and light ourselves on fire and then jump into the shower really quick before we get burned. Like, I think a lot, like, this is Darwinism at its fucking finest. You can kind of blame the platforms, though, because maybe they could spot these faster and decide, hey, there's a trend that's about to take off here. We got to crack down on these as quickly as possible. And then, you know, ban videos that have the phrase Tide Pod in them or, you know, any of these other challenges that are dangerous. I, I think I think they're culpable here to an extent. Yeah, I mean, I think that there should be. You know, there should be an attempt at prevention, but I also recognize how hard that is in practice. Yeah. I was in a CVS by Disneyland a couple weeks ago. The Tide Pods are still locked up. Remember when that took off and they started locking them up? Yeah. Unbelievable. That's crazy. Yeah. I still don't. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. I mean, I will say, like, I remember being a child and doing stupid stuff like this but it was never anything that was deadly but that's just it isn't it because now you see it online and you want to do what everybody else is doing and then you're thinking oh Mm -hmm. maybe i can film my own and be a vine star too whereas back in the day we didn't have phones to film and upload this to the internet with 
Mm-hmm. You know, we had no real push to become the next <laughs> internet sensation. We weren't encouraged to do these stupid things. And you're right, we did do stupid things as a kid, but never this extreme because we didn't have a place to see these to begin with. So it's just this vicious yep, we cycle. We just started podcasts. Yeah, it's yeah, a little dangerous at times, but mostly safe. How about this bitch one? Oh, yeah. So there's another meme i guess they're calling these video trends memes now which is very weird for me to wrap my head around because when i think of a meme to me it's like a picture right this Um, is fine but this yeah um but this is basically somebody finding an excuse to call their mother a bitch and i've seen these this same scenario played out on multiple tiktok videos so, but this one's fun, right? Like this one's lighthearted. We it like this. It is fun. Okay. Yeah. Let yeah. me let me yeah. play yeah. two or three of these. <laughs> the only word I call my mom is beautiful. Isn't that sweet? Aw, thank you. Love you, bitch. What? <laughs> <laughs> the only B word I call my mom is beautiful. I love you. Love you, bitch. She was mad. The only B word I call my mom is beautiful. Yes. Love you, bitch. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that one's just really smart and funny. It's this cute yeah. mother-daughter moment. I did see I did see one where the mother responded to her son. Like he's he called her bitch, and then she looked at him and was like, the only A word I call my son is adopted. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like what and i think that was also fake but it was funny Uh uh-huh yeah that's good um the only thing that like pisses me off when i'm watching tiktok is i think people are using it they're using it like a stories thing like on instagram and they're telling these like nine part fucking stories and (laughs) shut up barking at her at herself in the (laughs) mirror she wants to film a tiktok i hate it when i see these bitches being like like for part two if you want to know what happens like for part two and i'm just like no i just want to i want to know what's going on i'm refusing to get into tiktok i i just don't want to get sucked into this i've got youtube that's enough for me and instagram which i do spend a lot of time on i've spoken about that before honestly a lot of these videos will probably show up on your explore page on instagram anyway so there's really no need to you know, fall down the TikTok. That's rabbit true. Hole. Yeah, and they show up with the TikTok. You'll probably watermark. see them. Like, I, I mean, these days they're everywhere. So here's and TikTok is here to stay. It is the next Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and the reason I say that is because brands are getting in on TikTok now. And when the brands get in on a social media platform, it's here to stay. The Washington Post is on TikTok. Um, I was here listening to this interview with this company the other day. They were saying, oh, yeah, and follow us on TikTok, too. Everybody's just on TikTok. So it's not going anywhere unless, of course, um, the company who owns it decides to stupidly sell it. Sorry, y'all. There was uh, somebody at my door. So Canela was actually justified in her noise making. Um, but I'm just like, if you, if you fucking knock or ring the bell and nobody answers, go the fuck away. Who was it? One of my neighbors. Oh. oh and okay. I'm just like, clearly nobody's answering the door. Go fuck yourself. I like how you're whispering it now. <laughs> you should have well, done I a mean, TikTok. Because they might still be outside. I, know. I mean, we're connected Lurking. units, so I'm trying not to be a dick, but I'm oh. just like, fuck. Yeah. You should have done a TikTok where you just open up the door, you yell, go away, bitch, I'm podcasting. <laughs> yeah. and slam the door. 
<laughs> just open the door and be like, fuck you. There's <laughs> only one B word I use for my neighbor. Bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for a quick word from one of my favorite sponsors, Third Love. I've been wearing Third Love's bras for over a year at this point. Every bra is made for your comfort with memory foam cups, no slip straps, and a smooth, scratch-free band with a printed label. I stand by these bras because they are seriously the most comfortable bras I've ever worn. Third Love uses data points from 15 million people who have taken their Fit Finder quiz, and they use this to make recommendations based on breast size and shape. I was pretty amazed when I took their Fit Finder quiz online and subsequently received the best fitting bra I've ever had. And if you need help, they have a team of fit stylists available via chat and email dedicated to helping you find your perfect fit. And if you don't love it, every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. Then return it for free and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a person in need. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, so right now they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash millennial to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash millennial for 15% off today. Speaking of memes and trends, we wanted to participate in this five movies to get to know me meme. It was mainly on Twitter, I think, and it's fun to see. And there's been a lot of different categories, like five different movies, five different songs, five different musicals. We're each going to guess whose list is whose. Um, So I'll just go through these. And I think how we should play this is each of us gets one guess, because otherwise it'll be pretty easy to figure it out. This is host one, Peter Pan, Almost Famous. Now and then, some kind of wonderful, the Mighty Ducks. Host two, October Sky, Inside Out, Up in the Air, Holes, Titanic. Number three, The Big Lebowski, Tropic Thunder. I feel like I'm um, reading Oscar nominees. (laughs) The Big Lebowski, (laughs) Tropic Thunder, Halloween, Jurassic Park, Beauty and the Beast. And the Oscar goes to Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, so I think that host one with Peter Pan, almost famous now and then, some kind of wonderful, and the Mighty Ducks is Pam. Okay. I think that Andrew is host two. Mm-hmm. October Sky, Inside Out, Up in the Air, Holes, and Titanic. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that yeah i'm I'm gonna guess that host three is i think we're all (laughs) we're all in tandem here uh is laura big lebowski tropic thunder halloween jurassic park beauty and the beast were all the guesses right yeah you're right yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) wasn't that hard (laughs) no no it was it was pretty transparent i will say i did want to give a nod to uh, my childhood self so beauty and the beast was my favorite disney animated feature as a child so i knew i had to put that in there um but definitely tropic thunder i love that movie (laughs) i i almost put tropic thunder on my list really that's so it's funny as hell and it's also it's also a movie that would not get made now absolutely that's true 100 (laughs) percent Yeah. Um, to go through a couple of, the, of mine, Up in the Air, I've brought up that movie before, so maybe I shouldn't have included that. I just love that movie. George Clooney's character is just traveling for work all the time, and so is Anna Kendrick's, and they start, they don't fall in love, but like they become really close friends. Um, I just love this idea of traveling all the time for work. Can you tell? I've been on the road for a month. 
Um, October Sky, that was the first movie I saw Laura Dern in. And it's just a really cool space movie about sending a rocket up into the air. Um, I don't think it's like a real rocket ship. I, I would watch it obsessively as a kid. I haven't watched it since then. Um, Holes, I like buttholes. So that doesn't really have anything to do with that movie, <laughs> but just the game. Did you read the book? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. The, I love that movie. The movie's on Disney Plus now, I think, so I've been meaning to watch it. Mm-hmm. I just rewatched it, and it holds up. That's good to know. Yeah. It was one of my favorite books when I was um, in grade school. Inside Out, favorite Pixar movie, just uh, that really hit me. And then Titanic isn't really a movie that <laughs> defines me. I was just trying to throw you two off, and it didn't work. No, nope, can't fool us, Andrew. Well, like Laura, I think I, well, I, I think I just tried to pick, like, a, a movie from, like, every kind of like my top favorite categories of movies and so like laura i I did a a little nod to my childhood and i i couldn't do the wizard of oz because i feel like everybody knows i love the wizard of oz yeah so i did peter pan which is my my favorite animated disney movie um and then i picked almost famous because it was the first r-rated movie i ever saw and that's when i knew i wanted to write about music so oh that's so cute yeah yeah, and then now and then, um, also just like one of my uh, childhood favorites, you can stream it right now on Netflix. So you should go do that, even if you've already seen it, because it's amazing. Um, some kind of wonderful, underrated John Hughes movie, um, and I really like, you know, teen angst. So <laughs> that went in there, and then I love me a good underdog sports movie. So I picked The Mighty Ducks because classic nice mm-hmm. yeah that is good and now they're gonna have that tv show on disney plus yeah i'm gonna boycott until joshua jackson uh comes back <laughs> as charlie conway <laughs> okay yeah that was a great movie growing up i love that all right so we are now joined by Anne, one of our bays hi Anne. welcome to the show hello thank you i see you are in a hotel room as well oh god yes i am where are you uh i'm in opelika alabama Alabama. Alabama. And I'm never coming back. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, there's nothing to do here. And it's raining all the time, which I also don't appreciate. It's oh, like, I don't mind snow. I don't mind the cold. I'm really over all the rain. Yeah. Here in the Southeast, we've been getting rained on quite a bit lately. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. It's terrible. Important question, <laughs> though. Does your hotel room have a mica chair? It does. It's kind of lame, but yeah. Oh, it does. Okay, Micah wouldn't wouldn't approve. Would not approve at all. <laughs> so tell us what you do. So right now, I'm actually in training with um, a company called Global Canine, and I'm training. I'm going to be a handler for one of their explosive detection dogs. Wow. So we're going to be working searching cargo at JFK. So I'll be moving mm. to New York. You've been training animals for years. Yeah, so I trained I trained service dogs for about five years with a company called Needs. They're based out of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Before that, I worked a little bit with the Penn Vet Working Dog Center because I grew up in Philly. So when I graduated oh. college, they opened like the same year I graduated. So it was kind of nice because I was, went back home to try and find a job. And then it, it opened in September. So I volunteered with them they kind of introduced me to the whole like detection dog world. And they did, um, at the time they were smaller and they were doing a lot of just search and rescue and kind of finding something. And then you could imprint them on whatever, whatever you want them to be. It could be narcotics, it could be explosive, you could do cadaver work, whatever you want it to be. Um, you can then imprint them once they figure out how to hunt and find odor. So, oh, okay. and then from there, um, 
I, uh, I really wanted to train service dogs because that was always something I was interested in. So I ended up getting a yeah. job with Needs in Massachusetts. So I was there for five years. So what is the true purpose of a service animal? And then how does it differ from an emotional support animal? Because you hear the two quite a lot. Yeah. So service animals provide an actual service to a person with a disability. So you have a service animal has to be able to perform three tasks to specifically like mitigate, help mitigate your disability. So you have like a service dog for people with physical disabilities. So a lot of times the tasks that they can perform is like picking something up and like picking up a dropped object or um, like hitting a handicap accessible button or hold like pulling and holding open a door, turning on and off mm. light switches. And then an emotional support animal. Oh, emotional support animal. <laughs> I, I, it's like my plight. I can't. I, uh, emotional are you su- saying they're, are they bullshit? Is that what you're? Kind of. Okay. So emotional support animals, <laughs> not to say that like they aren't, they can be relevant, but like technically everybody's pet is an emotional support animal they make us feel Mm. better that's why we have them we enjoy their company like they help calm us down they do all sorts of positive things and like yes that's scientifically proven but they don't have public access rights so like Mm -hmm. they are not allowed to be out in public where dogs are not allowed like you can take them to petco you can take them to outdoor cafes anywhere you can bring your pet it's fine the only thing that an emotional support animal gets you is Technically, to be able to fly with them, which I still think is bullshit. And B is to, um, like, if you're living in an apartment that's, like, say, not dog-friendly, you can have your animal with you because they're your emotional, your, because they're your emotional support animal. And usually they become an emotional support animal when a therapist writes up some paperwork. Is that right? Right. Okay. And, like, anybody, you can register your pet as an emotional support animal. Like, for service dogs, they're, well, most. I mean, people still train their pet dogs, and sometimes you can pass, and there's all sorts of things there. But generally, a legitimate service dog is trained from an accredited organization. There's like Assistance Dog International. If you go on their mm. website, there's a list of every single organization that is accredited by them that has like checked off all the boxes and actually are putting out legitimate animals that are actually helping and so that's why when you see a sign outside a restaurant for example or a hotel it'll say service dogs only it'll it won't say emotional support animals because the service right. dogs they're actually needed yes and, that's and they why actually do a job right yes. right so is it is it just that um like people that own establishments don't know the difference so i think the problem is everybody's so worried about getting sued and getting yelled at and all this other stuff Technically, you can ask. You can ask if it's in the serv- if, it, if it's a service animal, and you can ask what tasks it per- it performs for you. And people, that's where people get tripped up a lot because a lot of people are too afraid to ask because you can't ask what your disability is. Clearly, you can't make them show. You can't make them show ID. You can't make them um, like perform any of the tasks. But the pe- whoever the the client or whoever has the dog should be able to very easily list off a bunch of like a bunch of things that the dog does for them. Mm-hmm. If you're standing there thinking of like, what does my dog do for me? It makes me happy. Great. So does every single pet that you own generally. Right. So Andrew, what does Brooklyn do for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I usually say, I usually say, so let me back up. Back when I was living in California, I get Brooklyn. Brooklyn's too long to fit in those <laughs> bags that go under the seat. I tried. I bought the longest bag possible. Wouldn't fit. 
Um, then I'm at lunch one day with one of my friends and I'm explaining my issue because I want to bring Brooklyn home for Christmas. I don't want to put him under the plane, you know, in the cargo. That's awful. And dogs die down there. So she's like, oh, just make him a service dog. I've been looking into this and you can just say he's seizure support. Anne is shaking her head as I tell the story. Andrew. (laughs) And she explains to me, like, I wouldn't have to prove anything. There's no paperwork. You can just get a vest and you can get a fake badge made up. And there are websites dedicated to this because people take advantage of loophole. I don't even think I paid 45. I think I paid less than that. (laughs) (laughs) And so I have been, yes, it's true. I've been taking advantage (laughs) of service dogs. I know it's not right. I know it's bad, but... I get to bring Brooklyn with me on a plane with and he doesn't need to be in a bag. He's very well behaved. It saved me probably at this point over a thousand dollars. Hotel rooms. These hotels tack on these extra fees for having the dog there. Usually they're like a hundred dollars or more, depending on how long you're staying. I don't have to pay for any of that. And it's great. <laughs> and here's the thing I don't feel bad about in terms of the hotels. They don't clean these rooms any differently, whether or not a dog is in there. And I know this because my friend works in hospitality and he told me there's there's no difference. They're just squeezing a little more money out of you if you have a dog. It's like on a plane where you your bag's too heavy or you bring an extra bag. They're just squeezing you. And I'm saying, <laughs> F that. So that's why I do it. But I'm an asshole, right? Say it, Anne. I'm an asshole. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> A little bit. But personally, <laughs> if your dog is well behaved, if it's not going to bark and growl and lunge and get my dog walking by. If you're going to take advantage of this, at least have a dog that that is going to act like a service animal <laughs> because right. some of these dogs no, are crazy fair. and it's very apparent. But the flight attendants, the people who work at these hotels, the restaurants, etc., they don't want to touch the issue because they no. could get in trouble. And honestly, right. as as somebody that's worked in coffee shops before, 100 percent have got like everybody I've worked with, including myself, we've gotten yelled at for asking people if they're unbehaved dogs as a service animal, because there's always somebody that's around that hears and they're like, don't ask, like, don't answer that. You don't have to answer that. It's illegal. And you don't want to cause a a scene. It's embarrassing. But the thing is, too, even if it is a legitimately trained service dog, if it's acting like an idiot, it can be you can ask them to leave. They have there are certain standards that they have to be Mm. able to uphold, Mm. even if they are like, even if one of our, I think our dogs were some of the best trained out there. But if one started barking and like being an idiot, kick the dog out of it wherever you are. Like that's not yeah. appropriate ever. Mm-hmm. So, and is there anything that the government can do to curb this problem? What what can they do? There is there is a bill that we're trying. They were trying to get passed somewhere up in Massachusetts, and they are trying to crack down on the whole fake service dog thing. The really the biggest issue is that. Some real dogs are getting attacked and getting hurt because other people are buying a vest online and don't have any control over their animals. I definitely hear where you're coming from because I actually, my dog, and I, you know, I will admit this, she is not very well trained. Um, and by virtue of this, I don't take her place. Like, not to say I don't <laughs> yeah. take her places, but like, um, she's not, you know. I'll take her to like the park or the dog park or whatever, and that's fine. But like, I'm not going to bring her inside of a cafe, for example, or try to like get her on an airplane as an emotional support animal because it would be a disaster. Mm-hmm. At least Brooklyn is well behaved. I've met Brooklyn, and I can vouch for him. He's very quiet, very calm. I'm sure. I'm sure he passes very well. Like I yeah. have no doubt in my mind. 
and like, I mean, I have a little, my, my little dog at home, she's an, she's an Irish Jack Russell and she is well-trained, but she just has, I just put a lot of emphasis on manners. How long do you work with these dogs on average? I mean, is it so, hard to... You know, it's funny, like for the service dogs, again, they were all trained in the prison system. So you get kind of attached to them, but I kind of went in like, they're not mine. They're not going to be mine. Mm-hmm. And the personality for a service dog is not generally what I go towards. You know, I don't, I don't, they're very like, we call them like soft. They're very sensitive, looking for direction, want you to make all the decisions for them. Oh, and they're great for what they do because they can't like, you don't want a dog that's going to like see a squirrel and be like, Oh, we're going this way. Or, um, or like thinks too much. Cause then they can kind of outthink their person depending mm. on how mm. severe somebody's disability could be. Yeah. So they work really, really well for what they are. You know, they're perfect, but like that's not the personality I I personally appreciate. That mm-hmm. wasn't hard. Yeah. The shepherd was pretty hard because she was my first dog on my own, and I had her for like two years. But she's awesome, and like I'm I'm in touch with her handler, and they send me updates, and I go oh, and see good. her when yeah. I'm in New so Jersey and stuff. Tabs. So, but then then I got my Jack, and she's awesome. And then the lab that I had, I just he was very needy and very clingy, and I it drove me honestly quite crazy so and I just like didn't connect with him mm-hmm. um but Barris I actually really like he's a Belgian Malinois and he's a badass working dog like he knows his job so well I'm basically the toy dispenser at the end of the leash like he does <laughs> almost everything completely on his own and it's fantastic if someone's looking for a dog to adopt, but they're worried about behavior, because like before I adopted Brooklyn, I was so nervous. Like, what if this dog and I don't work out? Like, we spent a little time together, but you don't really know because you're making a 10 to 15 year commitment or more. And it's just very scary. So what what are the best behaved types of dogs? Are there certain breeds that are better than others? There are definitely like certain breed specifics for every breed that you're going to get like terriers tend to be like a little tenacious a little bit like they push all your buttons and they kind of like they have a little bit of spunk and they can they they test the boundaries a little bit i that's mm-hmm. why i have a jack like i really appreciate yeah. that like my dog blows me same. off I, like pisses me off but i'm also like you know i respect it like yeah. do your thing girly well, and i are both like yes <laughs> terriers yes, like don't give a shit yeah. what no. you think no they're like maybe that'll be you. my next one <laughs> it's they're so fun like i i love my little jack she's just Mm. the best thing but it's hard it's like me and i know like you guys all have rescue dogs and good on you because i don't (laughs) but and i'm not i'm not against i'm not against shelter dogs at all i just i have very very specific things that i like in my dogs and it's never going to be a guarantee and i totally get that and i'm but i want to get as close to i can where i know it's I pretty much know I can figure out a way to make it work, even if they like, there's certain things that drive me a little nuts. Yeah. I would say if you're going to, if you're going to go with a purebred, respect the breed and like do a little research and make sure you, you know, the good, like the positives and the negatives. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a shelter dog, maybe be open to foster to adopt because sometimes yeah. if you're pulling a dog directly out of a shelter, if it's a little, if it's a puppy, you get a little bit more wiggle room, I'd say, cause you can mold it easier because they are more impressionable when they're younger. Um, but like an older shelter dog, usually they're home a week and they kind of get rid of like the general kennel stress. You give them, I think it's like the first three. So like the second week is like they're kind of figuring out your routine. The third week is really when you start seeing their personalities come out. And okay. like, th- because they've settled in, they kind of get your routine. They And 
So that's why I love the idea of like fostering to adopt because you then you can give them like, say it's a month or even like six weeks, you give them that time to really settle in and you get to see who they really are going to be. Brief questions for Anne before we move along. My main question was just, I already asked, because I was just like, how, like, I would get attached. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is. (laughs) Well, the service dogs, again, I didn't spend a lot of time with them. Nick just drove me crazy. And I guess the other thing is that you're, you always have another dog to look forward to. It's not like you're never going to see another dog again. So Mm -hmm. that must be helpful. Right. Yeah. And like Hazel, my little Jack is like the constant. So she's always going to be around. Yeah. Thank you for filling us in on all that. We really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I'm sorry again, but... Are you going to keep doing it? (laughs) Yes, I'm going to keep doing it. No, I'm going to start paying $100 a night at a hotel room for a dog. No, I think that, I think that's kind of bullshit. I don't get the whole like paying for a pet thing. I mean, if if you, your dog destroys the room, then yeah, like charge me. Right. You mentioned that legislation. I don't, I don't think that's going to really go anywhere. And I think it primarily targets emotional support animals. So I doubt, you know, the service animal thing is still going to be happening. I don't think they can really do anything. They're stuck because they got to no, treat people no. with disabilities fairly. They can't have hotels start being like, prove, prove what that dog can do and prove that you have right. a disability. It would just be embarrassing. And nobody who's disabled wants that. So. No, it's completely true. And you have like all the invisible disabilities and all that stuff too. Right. Like hearing dogs, you yeah. look totally normal, except for if you have a hearing aid, but like your dog can alert you to like for, however, whatever many sounds you want them to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for the record, I'm not that dick who's bringing Brooklyn to restaurants and stuff. It's just hotels and airplanes because otherwise I, he wouldn't be able to travel with me and I need him with yeah. me. No. He's my emotional support <laughs> animal too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 I get it. I do. Yeah. Okay. But I still suck. I know. I get it. <laughs> as long, I mean, he's not eating people. That's all I care about. Is I don't, as, as long as your dog is not aggressive and is not going to like be a dick, I don't really care. That's an interesting point. And thank you for sharing that. I Good on you for, for this work. Like this is really important work you're doing. So I'm sure it must feel good to be in this field. It does. I really, yeah, it was kind of, it's cool. Cause like I used to, I really, I miss like the client aspect of it. Cause we mm. don't deal with them as much anymore, but now I'm like, well, we're possibly saving a bunch of lives by not letting bombs get on planes. So sounds pretty winning. important. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Anne is going to hang around with us through recommendations and then into after dark. But first this week's episode of millennial is sponsored by zip recruiter. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, and growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job sites, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. You can even add screening questions to your job listing so you can filter candidates and focus on the best ones. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, our listeners can go to ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter.com slash millennial. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. All right, let's get people to hire some of the things we're about to recommend. I want y'all to hire Better Call Saul. So this is a Breaking Bad spinoff. It's in season five now. Season five just premiered this week. Two episodes this week. Lucky me. I can't wait to watch the second one tonight. Um, The show is so good. It's not as action-packed 
as Breaking Bad, but it's still really good writing, really great characters, and it's leading up to the events of Breaking Bad. So more and more characters are coming back from the Breaking Bad world. Gus has been there for a while. Mike has been there for a while. Of course, Saul. Um, Hank is coming in this season, so I'm really excited for that because, of course, we all loved him on Breaking Bad. So really good stuff. Better Call Saul airing on AMC, the last good show left on AMC. I want to recommend this eyeshadow palette. It's the Urban Decay Born to Run eyeshadow palette. It's been out for a while, but um, I've actually had it for like over a year at this point, and their colors are just so highly pigmented that they last a really long time. So it's not like other makeup that you buy that just like goes to shit within a few months of buying it. Um, And the colors are just really beautiful. Mm. Um, You can see that I had a large preference for this one because it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But really, they do hold up a really long time and they're just very vibrant and fun. I also want to recommend a TV show. I just wanted to recommend Outlander because that's back. But also, um, if you don't subscribe to Stars throughout the year, because I know I definitely don't unless Outlander's back on, uh, you can actually sign up for Stars for $5 for the first three months. And so you could definitely watch like the full season for $15, which I think is a total steal. And then you don't have to wait for it to come on Netflix. So. Uh, just yeah. FYI for any of you that were contemplating whether or not you wanted to hold out or watch with the rest of the fans. I'm going to recommend running Disney. <laughs> I was actually um, in Orlando this weekend. We were running, my friend and I were running the uh, Disney Princess Fairy Tale Challenge, which is the 10K Saturday and the Half Marathon Sunday. And what's so cool is you get to run through the parks and that's a, it's a unique experience downside is it starts at 5 30 in the morning so if you're not a morning person oh, they got to get everybody early. through before the park opens exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah and the balloon ladies if you're slower than 16 minute mile pace the balloon ladies sweep you what do you mean balloon ladies they legitimately like you know those balloons that have the little mickey head inside the clear yeah balloon? they l- literally have balloons that they walk with at the end i had i'll send you a picture <laughs> If you cross this line, you're out. You do. They have like like vans and buses that like are behind them. Wow. That at a point you got to get on them because you got to get off the course. Yeah. Good for you for doing that. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in a bit of pain at the moment, but it's fine. Yeah. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for coming on today. And thank you for being a patron. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, absolutely. like I said, we'll have you hang around longer. Um, I hope you're comfortable in that mica chair right now because we do have After Dark to get to today. What are we doing in After Dark today, ladies? We're going to talk about toxic people and the pros and cons of cutting them out of your life online and also in real life. I think we all have a few personal examples of that we can talk about. So Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so that'll be available at patreon.com slash millennial. Thank you to everybody who supports us. We really do appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with us today, you can write directly to millennialshow at gmail.com or you can use the contact form on millennialshow.com. We also have the confessional there. And also don't forget to follow us on social media, Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook coming up this week. And I think I asked your permission, uh, we're going to post that photo that you sent to me of your adorable dog who you're working with. He's sitting right next to the Micah chair. It's so funny. And he's got like this wide. Yeah, I went to take it and he just sat down. I was like, well, you're going to be in it, dude. So Posing for the Micah chair pick. I love it. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Ann. Bye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye.